to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I stand away. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. It's wonderful. Uh, I remember back uh, when I, I think I was in the process of getting saved. I didn't know this. I didn't know that at that point. But T.L. Osborne, how many know of T.L. Osborne? He was in town and his flyers and and, um, posters and banners all over town. And they were talking about this preacher coming to town. And I was thinking, wow. This guy must be something else, you know, this guy. And everybody was just all about T.L. Osborne. And then I saw this sign. He says, one God, one way, and one job. One God, one way, one job. And I said, oh, I'd like to know what that way is all about. And what's this one job? One job. The Christian has been called by God to do just one thing. We only have one job. One job. Everything that you do, your devotion, your personal life, is to equip you to carry out one job effectively. You know what that job is? Make disciples. Make disciples. That's so important to God. I used to wonder, you know, when I was saved, I knew I didn't know anything about temptation. Hello. I thought most you got saved. God wipes away your sin, your sins, and you're free. You never feel any urge to do anything wrong. You're just free. If the sun makes you free, you are free indeed. And then after a while, I said, I've been saying, hitting me. And I thought, wow, God, why do you have to leave us here? Why didn't you just take us up to heaven? So we're free from temptation. This is hard. Then I realized why. There, were, there are others like me. The way I was. I have to reach them for him. That's my calling. That's why I'm here. He trains me to do warfare. Because these people are in the enemy's camp. And it's not going to be a little fight. He'll take everything that I have to reach them and bring, him, bring them to the master. He loves them dearly, just like he loves me. And I have to take my place in the kingdom and take my stand and put my mark on the kingdom of God by his grace walking through me. I have to yield to him. I have to reach people for him. Is that important? You know, today, sometimes I think about the church. All we're talking about to God is, God, give me, give me, give me. Just like my wife said. Give me, give me, bless me, bless me, bless my children and all of that. And yet, God has one need. One need. Only one need. 
And nobody, even his children, are not concerned about his needs. We are fully concerned about our needs. And he is concerned about our needs. But are we concerned about his own need? That's the message today. I titled it, Whom Shall I Send? Whom Shall I Send? I know it's not a shouting message, but the Bible says, teaching them to observe all things. Make disciples, teaching them to observe all Observe all things that I have commanded you. Why should we neglect this that is so dear to the master's heart? His heart. When Jesus rose from the dead, he stayed behind for only one purpose. Nothing else. Not the needs of the disciples. For only one purpose. He spent 40 days teaching them for one thing. To be able to, for them to go out and do this one job. T.L. Osborne got it. He had it. One God, one way, one job for the believer. And that's the truth. I'm going to share with you that how I know that this is God's only need. What does He want? God's never hungry, God doesn't need a car. He doesn't need anything. There's only one thing that he cannot do himself. Hello? Only one thing he cannot do himself. He needs me. He needs you for him to do it. And that's burning in his heart constantly. That's why he sent his son. And it's not over yet. And his son left. He turned it over to us. And he's saying, this is the only need I have. The God's children are more concerned about their needs. But God has said to, to us, seek first the kingdom of God. Those needs will always be there. And God says, I'm able to meet all of them. But you seek God's kingdom first and the promotion of God's kingdom to bring people in, make your mark, establish them, stay with them, nurture them like your own children for God. Not for you, but for Him. And he said, all these things that they are killing and dying for, I will add them to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. This is the only need God has. The only thing God, and if any man, just like T.L. Osborne and some of these other individuals, if anyone will look into it, the resources of heaven will be open to you. Whatever you need, you can get. When it's for the kingdom of God. He will make it available to you. In Isaiah chapter 6, he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims. So above the, above the high throne stood, stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. Meaning, you can look down, you can look on the one sitting on the throne. He's too lofty for their eyes to see. They couldn't look. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. God cannot see that either. How holy God is. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord 
of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. There was a holy thing going on there. But the funny thing, he says, I saw the Lord. The angels could not look. But the man could see. I saw the Lord. But the angels were not seen. The posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. I can preach a lot of sermon with this. Because, notice, it's not my heart is unclean. My lips are unclean. That's why Jesus said, it's not what goes in that defies the man, but what comes out of the man that defies him. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. The whole people. <laughs> their lips, their lips, unclean. For my eyes, the reason I was able to determine this, my eyes have seen the Lord. My eyes have seen the Lord. When you haven't haven't had an encounter with God, you feel okay. But have an encounter with Him? No. You get the same thing. I'm not here to serve you. That angel I spoke about. This was a prophet of God. This is Isaiah chapter 6. He had already prophesied before this time. But then he saw God. I pray that you see God. That's what moved. And I know the story of T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne heard the message. He said, he heard this message from, I believe, from a lady. And the lady said, if you see, if you ever see Jesus, you'll never be the same. He had been in India. He don't work. Nothing works for him. So he started seeking God. He wanted to see Jesus. Show me that there is Jesus. And then one morning Jesus appeared in his room. And, and his wife slept through it. Uh, that's another story. <clears throat> but, but right after that, his ministry was changed. I pray that God will reveal himself to every one of us. Amen. That you will see him with your eyes. Because when you see him with your eyes, then you realize how far, even though you think you are such a special Christian, and then you realize you haven't been doing very much. Hello? Even pastors all feel that way. Yes. We haven't been doing very much. There's a lot to do. And he says, it's just not me, all of them. They were looking to me as the prophet, but I'm no good, and they're no good either. Because my eyes have seen God. When we take our eyes off God, we can't really see what, this, what life is all about. It's about people coming into the kingdom. That's the only reason Jesus, God came to live with man as a human being on the earth. Jesus made it clear, I came to seek. Right? The only reason he came to the earth was to seek and to save that which was lost. And if we are going to be in him, and if we are in him, that should be what's the driving force in us as believers. Because we are not from this land. We are from above. We were born from above. Called born again. Uh, that we came from over there. 
So the Bible calls us in Second Corinthians chapter 5, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are just representing heaven on the earth. And so we must do heaven's bidding. He says, I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among men, people of unclean lips. The whole nation. And then he said, then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. And your sins purge. You know what I would do if I want, if I have the coal? You know, I want to touch his heart, right? His heart to be clean, right? No. Your mouth. Your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's why I keep saying, watch what comes out of your mouth. Because that's where the trouble is. Because as you think, that's what comes out of your mouth. And as you think, that's who you are. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we need to watch that. But this is the cross of the matter here. He says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord. So that king that was sitting on the throne, I also heard his voice this time. Saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. Question. Was that the first time God was saying something? Saying that, those words? I believe that God had been saying, he's sitting on the throne saying the same words over and over again. And it's been a while. You know, he wasn't hearing it. Until... His lips were touched and he was cleansed. He wasn't hearing it. He was busy being a prophet in the land. Hello? Prophesying. But he wasn't hearing his voice. When he heard his voice, he was reaching out to the lost. Who, whom will I send? Who will go for us? And I want to declare to you today, or submit to you, God is still saying the same thing right now. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who will go for us? That's what the word is saying. You know why it's important? I, I said that Psalm 32 he says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is covered. God wants everyone blessed. Hello? God wants everyone blessed. The only thing that's separating a man from his blessing from God is iniquity or transgression or sin. God wants everyone blessed. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. 
whose sin is covered. And he says, blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. In other words, it's not like he hasn't sinned. God doesn't hold his sin against him. You know why? Because of the blood of Jesus. But they never get there until there is a messenger from God that tells them, you can have your sins covered. You can have your sins purged. You can have your sins forgiven. I have to speak the word. And if I speak the word, the word will transform their life because it's the word of God. Amen? And that's what God wants from us. That's one of the reasons. Secondly, no matter what a man gains on this earth, it's nothing if he loses his soul. I know we don't preach on this in church very much because all we hear about is how to cope with life and our problems and how God's going to bless us. Nothing wrong with that. God really wants to take care of us. But he wants you comfortable. Why? Because he wants you to reach out to the lost. When you haven't eaten, he knows you are not thinking about the lost. Right? When you cannot pay your bills, he knows you're not going to, you're not going to Africa to preach. He knows that. So, but when you are doing this work, he makes sure that all of these things are taken care of. And so that you can go and do his bidding. That's my son, he says. You can, he's my anointed. No one touches him or her. So Satan wants it reversed. So all we want is bless me, bless me, bless my family, bless my cat, bless my dog, bless my car, bless, 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 bless. That's all we want. And God said, ah, I bless you, but would you do something for me also? Hello? Do something for me. What about my own needs? I have a need. I need somebody I need to send to go get that fellow over there who is dying in the streets. I can transform his life and his family. I need you to go for me. We'll talk about this blessed matter later. Amen. For whoever desires to save his life, Matthew 16, verse 25. For who, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. You're struggling to make it. God says you won't find that. You will only find it when you give it away for Jesus. Whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, not for any cross, you know, but for his sake. He says you will find that life. He seems like he's gone. But you'll find it. Better than when you gave it away. And then he says for meaning because. I always change that word for. Because it's like for and then we go on. It's because, I'm telling you this because what shall he profit a man if he gains everything? The whole world. You see the world doesn't know that. But you know that. Somebody needs to educate them. That life is not all about what you get. Your house is just a place for you to go and rest. Whether it's big house, small house, or hut, it's just a place of rest. When you die, you leave your 
big house, small house, hurt, whatever you were living in, and you go where you came from. They don't know that. They think that's real life. But that's not real life. We have real life. They need to know. And they say you, you have a good house, but you don't, it doesn't mean anything to you. You can give the house away. They wonder why. Because you got something better and you know better. That my home there, this is nothing compared to where I'm going. Yes. You put all your gold off and long gold and chains and all of that. We walk on them over there. Yes, we walk on them over there. So the thing is to reach out to these people. Reach out to them. A word can change a man. A word. And through you, you can reach so many people. I remember reading the story of David Youngicho. And it was a school girl. A young school girl. High school girl. In South Korea. They had their culture where women don't talk to the guys. They're the men. You know, big shots. And, 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 and this young, he, he had been diagnosed with a tuberculosis in his time, way back there. And no cure, he'll die. They said, go home, young man. You'll die. And this girl came and was talking. He was Buddhist. He said he had prayed to Buddha. He had prayed to all of the gods he knew. No one was working. But so this girl came and was talking to him. And he said he endured this girl because he didn't want to be rude. But one day... She was talking to him, this high school girl, and uh, he rebuked her harshly because he was preparing to die. He was laying in his bed. And the girl knelt down and started praying for him and, and, and was crying. And he said, God, please forgive him. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. Please. And he stopped and said, I just insulted the girl and she's praying for me. He said, he couldn't, he said, I couldn't handle a young girl crying. I had to stop. I said, lady, please don't cry anymore. I'll do whatever you, you say to do. I will even receive your Jesus, whatever. If that will stop you from crying, I, I, I need that. Stop, just don't cry, okay? Just don't cry. He said, instantly, she changed. And she was filled with joy. And he couldn't understand that. And he said, she said, that's my Bible. You can read the Bible. And he started reading from Genesis. And, uh, and uh, she said, oh, you're so weak. If you continue to read this Bible, by the time you get to the end, you'll be dead by then. Start from, start from uh, Matthew. And he said, he turned to Matthew, and he started reading. And he said, and Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat. He said, I can't read this book. This is, I mean, that's where I read the telephone directory. <laughs> this is just the story of one man begetting another man. I can't read this. And she said, don't worry about it, just read. You will understand later. And then after a while, he started thinking, this Jesus man that is healing everybody, can't they just heal me from my tuberculosis? Maybe he would do that. That's how we got saved. At the largest church in the world. From a high school girl who was not afraid to take the word from the master to a dying man. She wasn't afraid. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Who will go for us? In Ezekiel 32, uh, 22, in verse 30, it says, I sought for a man. God is always looking for a man. That's why I understood from the scriptures when Jesus said that I am the son of man. He never said much 
son of God. He always referred to himself as son of man. Because God was looking for a man to talk to another man. Not God to man, man to man. He needs me. God needs you. If he's going to bless that family, he needs you to carry the blessing to them. That's why he blessed Abraham for Abraham to be a blessing. That's what it is. That's what it takes. That young girl transformed so many people's lives by just talking to one man. You never know what you are accomplishing in in the scheme of heaven just by giving the word to one man. You don't know. You don't know what they will become in him. You know we like to sit in the sanctuary, that's good. But there are children. There are children that should be taught. Read Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1. Remember the Lord your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days draw near when you will say, I have no pleasure. It's harder when they are grown. You can reach them more when they are still young. But we want to have fun in church, God's house. But what about the children over there? Why don't you make in your mind, I'm going to train this child that's not mine. I'm going to make you mine. And I'm going to pour Jesus into you. And when you grow up, you never forget. I will enjoy pastors preaching if you want to later by, through the internet. But I'm going to put Jesus in you, young man. Why don't we, want, why don't we think that way? This is so important. That's because if you understand the scheme of heaven, what God's plans are, and you lock into that plan, all your needs will be met. All your needs will be met. God's just looking for one man to bridge the gap so he can reach them. You remember the scripture? This is 2 Corinthians Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, God says he will hear from heaven and he will heal the land. You mean he will heal the trees? No, heal the people. Heal their finances. Make it good. Bring prosperity to the land. Because these people are praying. That's what it is. We got to take the word to them. It's very, very important. Good. I see I have a lot of time. (laughs) We have one mission. I'm beginning to see how pure God's word is. When God says something, He means it. He really does. And if you look into it, He'll never fail you. He doesn't need whatever talent you think you have. He does it. He needs obedience. That's all he needs. He can use anybody mightily, just if you want to. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, he says, If you are willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. If you are willing, the trouble is many of us are not willing. 
We want our own way. We want it done in our own way. And most of the time it's just to impress others. So they'll talk about how great you are, how great a worker. What does that mean in the scheme of eternity? Think about it. How impressed is God by all these great things you're doing for people to think how good you are or how great you are? Why don't you lock into something bigger? I know what people think. Well, I don't want to call, I don't, I'm not a preacher. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't know that I was going to become a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher. You reach out to souls. God's opening my eyes to let me see some of the little things. Some of the little things I did. Way back in Africa. That I thought was meaningless. You can talk to Irene. I'm getting calls constantly and I'm asking, why are they calling me at this time? High school kids. That I just told stories from church. They're telling me now they, are, they have become pastors and all over. From different denominations. And I'm, I've never had that happen to me. Just recently, I, I get calls all the time. The other day I said someone was reminding me about uh, how they put me in chains. I, I can't tell the story this morning, but... He brought me way back to my early days as a Christian. And the major thing they had against me was I was in town talking to people a lot. Because I thought, there is nothing else to do but to talk to people about Jesus. Why am I here? Matthew 10, verse 32. Please give me that scripture. 10, verse 32. And this is so good. When you reach out... Some of us are wondering today, by the grace of God, I talk to people, share with them, they ask questions. And sometimes the questions are so difficult, I can't answer them. I tell them, hey, hey, just wait, I'll come back. Then I go back and study the scripture. And I remember I'm not going to fail in this anymore. And I memorize whatever it is, that scripture, so that when I come back, I know what to say. I'm now educated. Listen, therefore, whoever confesses me before men... Him I will confess before my Father who is in heaven. You know, I saw that scripture. Sometimes we have to become as children for God to walk through us. Jesus made it clear. He says, unless you are converted and become like children, you will in no wise. I saw that thing. It was like a child saying, wow, this is great scripture. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will confess before my Father who is in heaven. I thought to myself, this is the best deal I've ever seen. You mean God, Jesus, will call my name to his Father? I like this. And what do I have to do? Just confess Jesus to a friend, right? As easy as that. So I proceeded to have victims to tell about Jesus. So that my name will be mentioned every day. And then the day passes, I realize, hey, I haven't spoken to anybody today. So my name has not been mentioned in heaven today. I know Jesus will keep his own name. So I got to talk to somebody. So I talk to them. Whether they're angry at me or not, I don't care. Just talk to them about Jesus. I've made my confession. But then the next verse says, whoever is ashamed of me 
before men, I also will be ashamed of him before my father. Uh-uh. Nobody goes around saying, I'm ashamed of Jesus. Can you tell? You just keep your mouth shut because you are afraid of what they'll think. That's all it takes. And the father's heart is hurt way back there. He sees what you're doing. Nobody sees it, but he sees it. And you know why you don't grow? <laughs> I can tell you, if you start talking to people about Jesus, God has found a person that he can do business with. He'll speak to you in the night. You remember Philip was, Acts chapter 8, Philip was having a revival, right? In, in Samaria. Most preachers will not leave a revival and go anywhere. He says, God, this is the devil speaking to me. He says, go to the desert. Remember that? He was being led. And we're told in history, that one man took the message from Philip and went and spread it all over his region. From one man. When you can reach people for Christ, he changes life. He changes life. I was in, back in Nigeria this, when we had this uh, pastor's conference. The man that led me to the Lord, his name is Samuel. And uh, I hadn't seen him for many weeks since I left for the United States. Long, long time. But I'm in communication and finally got together. But I hadn't seen him. In fact, I had changed so much the man didn't recognize me. <laughs> But he was there sitting while we were preaching. And a fellow t- told him, asked him, this is the man you led to the Lord. Yeah. But that man was insistent. He won't let me get away. I gave him, I, I don't know how many, promise, how many promises I gave to him that I was coming to church. It's next week and the following week and the following week. He will always come back. He's never angry with me. He, and I'm wondering, I think I'm really disappointing this man. After a, while, after a while, I thought, I need to listen to this man. He's a real man of God. Maybe if I do what he says to go to church, God will bless me. So I'll go to church with him. And so that's how my life started. As a believer, you can reach. But he never gave up on me. He stayed with me. I told him, everybody else can be a Christian, not me. I'm too wicked. But that's the way I saw myself. He said, no, you can be like me. I said, no, no way. It can't happen. But I've seen God through the gospel transform people's lives. No matter how bad they are, God can change their life. And if God can change my life, he can change anybody's life. And God's calling us, we can reach them. Now I need to go further. Listen to what he says. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, Matthew chapter 8, 28, verse 18. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. Can I say that again? Go therefore. In other words, I'm passing every authority in heaven and on earth. I'm passing all the authority. I'm giving them to you. Then go with it. Go therefore and make disciples. Not try to make disciples. Make disciples. Why? You have the power. You have the authority. All it takes is just to go. 
You will be successful. That's what he's saying. Not trying to make disciples. Make disciples, he said. Go therefore because this authority that I have both in heaven and on earth, they are backing whatever you're doing as you go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. That's what I'm doing this morning. All things that I've commended you. And one of the things he commanded us, go. Go and talk to somebody. Talk. I know this is not a shouting message, but this is part of Christianity. And in Mark 16, he tells us more. He says, if because you are a believer, you can go in his name. He says, in my name, this sign, he says, this signs will follow those who believe in my name, in my name, because you have been born again into his name. He said in John 14 verse 20, he says, in, at that day you will know, I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and I am in you. You are carrying Jesus, he is with you. And because he is with you, you can lay your hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. You don't have to be a pastor. You're just a believer. These signs follow those who believe in me. In my name, they will cast out devils. So I don't have to be afraid of demons anymore. They're scared of me. I have the authority in heaven and on earth to cast them out. All I have to do is speak. All I have to do is go. When I go, I got everyone behind my back following me and supporting me in everything I do. Will I do everything perfect? No. But God's still with me. And he instructs me. And these signs will follow those who believe. They'll speak with new tongues. Uh, I like that part a lot. They will take up serpents and if they drink any, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And please don't go drink something deadly to try to prove you're a Christian. And please don't go take serpents. Uh, you know better. God gave you brain, okay? Don't try to impress people. Use wisdom. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh. But this scripture is so true. That's why I wasn't afraid when they took me to a voodoo doctor. That I, had no, I had no fear. As a new Christian, I had read that scripture. And I knew Jesus cannot lie. As I told the voodoo doctor... Bring me your portions, okay? You can add poison if you want. I, I, you, it won't hurt me. I was a young man, but so bold, I think I scared the man. <laughs> he wanted me out of his yard before long. Amen. And that's for every one of us. Because Jesus cannot lie. He is the truth. He says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Sometimes Christians are afraid. I just don't have that kind of fear. The last thing is to die. But I know Jesus will protect me. We need to tell the word. We need to speak to the word. We need to speak to the world about, about Jesus. We have to do this. Jesus, this uh, Paul tells us in Romans 10 verse 14, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how can they believe, believe in him of whom they have not heard? So that says, if you tell them about Buddha, guess what they'll believe? Buddha. You wonder why, why can't they believe you all of this crazy stuff? I told my Muslim friends, I said, I cannot believe Muhammad. Because I read the book, and, and he talking about, he's talking about uh, marrying his paternal nieces and maternal nieces and paternal nieces and every woman of faith that would give himself to the prophet and then he added this only to the prophet only the prophet can do this and then if you die as a maternal well you get ten virgins I said this man only thinks about his women I can't believe in this prophet everything is woman, woman, woman he marries this, he marries and you're telling me this is bigger than, this is a greater prophet than Jesus who was born of a virgin according to your Quran? I, I can't believe in this. How can he be greater? Born of a virgin, he born of another, he's after women. I actually used the word Romeo and the guy said you'll be dead. <laughs> you die in Saudi Arabia. I say, yeah, that's true, but this is America. We say what we but but when you preach the word, they believe. Amen. We get to tell the word, and they'll believe. Our job. I wonder today if this, if the Lord will ask you. This is really serious. You know what Jesus instructed us to do. If you are a believer, have you ever done this? I mean, from the heart, did you really mean it? This is what he said. Matthew 1, chapter 9, 37. He says, the harvest truly is plentiful. But what's the problem? The problem is not, we think that they don't want Jesus. It's a lie. I saw the other day that Christianity is declining in America. Yeah. More than, I think 12% is gone down. That was very painful to me to, for me to hear. Now I'm a Christian. If they want to go to hell, they can go. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. It was painful. I carried it on my, my mind all that day long. It is sad. It's sad because I've been to Europe and I see what's going on there. It's painful. Why Christians are not taking their place? The book, the Old Testament, it says a sinner, if he sins, and you the righteous, I believe it's Isaiah saying, if you don't want him, God says I will require his blood from your hand. You read. You have to warn him. He said, this is what I want you to know. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Question. Have you ever prayed about this? That's the question. 
Was he talking to just me or you? Does his word mean anything to you? Have you ever thought about this? That's the issue here. I want to ask. Paul was so insistent. He said, I don't want to labor in vain. And if you read, you can see the passion as he writes. Because have I labored in vain by bringing you and you are not staying with the faith? His heart was in it. He wanted gain when he gets there. That's Christianity. So where are we today? How important. You don't have to be a pastor. But you can carry God's burden. Do you remember Jesus said, we talk about, come unto me all you who are labor, who are heavy and heavy laden, I can quote it right now. But he said, take my yoke upon you. What's his yoke? What's his yoke? I came to seek and to save. From city to city, from village to village, he was seeking. That's his yoke. He said, if you do this, you will have rest. Rest. Because you have one job. My prayer for the Ark Fellowship is for every one of you. Every one of you. Because the day is going to come, I'm going to give an account. The scripture says that. And it's true. I know I'm going to stand before God. But I have to tell you the truth. Not for membership. I like that. But I'm going to meet him one day. I have to be able to say, I told you what he gave me to say to you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, I received from the Lord what I delivered to you. Remember that? I have to deliver this. And I pray that God will give you the heart. That he will never leave your heart. To understand. So he can speak to you when you're sitting by somebody. And his voice comes into your head. And you think you're thinking. Why don't you talk to him about what he's going through. And from that go into Jesus. He helped me. He can help you also. Tell your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. I like telling my story. It's walked in lives of people. By the grace of God. But it's not, it's not over yet. We have a lot of work to do. Amen? And God brought us all together. Can you see? God knew every one of you would be here today. From eternity past. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. God knew today you will be here. And set you up. To hear his word. To see if you will obey. Or you just think, well, as pastors think, just talking. You know, we go to church, and Amy sings, and after the singing, Angela goes up, pastor preaches, and we've done our job today. Now, it's a whole lot more than that. I pray that God will give you an understanding so you start finding something to do. Just a little thing in this vineyard. Just a little thing. Whether it's working with children or sharing with somebody or maybe working with young boys if you, you know, God has made you a man of substance. There are young boys. Look, maybe one. 
flock into that one person and stay with them. They don't have to be your child. I'm going to be with you. They have a friend. Maybe a young girl. That's what Christianity is all about. You got the candle, you light the other candle. Amen? Your candle is lit, you light the other one. And then it goes down the line. Just like Jesus was the light of the world. And he made us the light of the world. Bow your heads with me this morning. God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Forgive us, O Lord, my God. And burden everybody's thoughts in me. I pray you, God. I desire just one soul which wish to greet him. Somebody wrote, Shall I go and empty-handed? Not one soul with which to greet him. I need that one soul. May God birth his desire in your heart today. May God make that so strong in you. God's giving us an opportunity this Saturday there are people coming to us ask God to lead you to somebody who needs him and help help the situation so that they can open up to you and through you they can receive eternal life God walking through you an earthling earthling God walking through you to touch somebody else's life and then through you, make life better for them. Their family, put things together for them. That's what this is all about. Father, thank you for your people today. This is a special day. I'm going to boldly ask today, if you're here today and you haven't made a total commitment to Christ, would you put your hand up quickly, put it down right now. Go, one, thank you, I see that hand. See that hand. Thank you. God bless you because of your obedience. I know he's answered your prayer as you lifted your hand up today. That's one person, is it? Do we have any other person here? Be sincere with yourself and God. It's not about anybody. I see your hand there, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And he's going to bless you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. I pray that God will open our eyes so we see. Life's so short. Life is so short. The Bible says, walk while it is day. The night comes when no one can walk. This is coming. May God baptize us today with his heart's desire 
so that we can reach out. You know of a Christian person, they, are be, they were going to church, they are not doing that, reach out to them. That's a family member that's hurting. May God fill your heart with compassion. Reach out to them. God said you will not lose your reward. You will not lose your reward because you are working for the master out of a heart of compassion. God with you. God with you. For those that lifted their hands up, we will all pray together. And let's all commit our lives to the Lord today. Amen? It's very important. He is here today. The master is here today. He is here with us today. You can take him in just as you're sitting where you are. You can take him into your life and tell him, God, Lord, I need you to guide me, lead me. And he will do just that. If there's anything I miss in your life, things that you don't understand, talk to him about it. Like I said last Sunday, God has never considered you an enemy. You've always been a beloved person to him. He loves you. Never. Pray with me, especially those that lifted their hands. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me my sins. Jesus, I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Lord, guide me, lead me, show me in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you let's give him a clap offering? Especially for these two individuals, these two individuals that gave their lives to Christ. We thank God. Everyone stand up, please. I'm going to ask the prayer partners come as we close. If you have a need, the Bible is very clear. Sometimes we read and we don't understand. The Bible says two is better than one. Sometimes just agreeing with somebody in prayer that can make the, prayer, the answer to your prayer come so quickly to your life. God set it up that way. Don't ask me why. That's the way it is. Just by you agreeing with somebody on the earth. If two shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth, it will be done for them by my heavenly Father. We'll close and then you're free to come. Father, we thank you. We have been in your presence. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And we live here today joyful because of your presence in our life. Lord, I pray that you go with your people. I speak your blessings over their lives that they will never know want because your word says you are our shepherd and we cannot know want. Lord, I bless them today that this will be a great week for every one of them. New things, good things will happen in their lives before the week runs out. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Don't forget to come up for prayer.